Good morning. It's great to be with you. We're in our last study in the book of Habakkuk, and today our title is Rejoicing in Times of Difficulty and Uncertainty. And I'm reading from chapter 3 of Habakkuk, starting at verse 16. Habakkuk says, I will wait patiently for the day of calamity to come on the nation invading us. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails, and the fields produce no food. Though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stores, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Saviour. The Sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. Babylon was about to crush Israel. This would mean not just a bit of inconvenience, but severe consequences for everyone. The extent of what he was looking at is echoed in verse 15, as Habakkuk says this. He says, I heard and my heart pounded. My lips quivered at the sound. Decay crept into my bones and my legs trembled. But then just a few verses from that, he says this. He says, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Saviour. How on earth can he do that when faced with such things that were about to befall him? Let me tell you about an Englishman, a missionary called Alan Gardner. Well, he was shipwrecked on a remote island off the southern tip of South America in 1851. And he and others on his vessel were able to scramble ashore. But they didn't have much food and one by one, eventually people started to die around him and he was the last one to be alive. And they found his journal some years later. And in his last entry, he quotes from Psalm 34 and verse 10. He'd been meditating on this and it simply said this, it said, the lions may grow weak and hungry, but those who seek the Lord lack no good thing. And then in the very last entry, must have been just before he died, he writes this, he says, I am overwhelmed with a sense of the goodness of God. Amazing. His body was broken, all hopes dashed, dying of starvation. And he said, I'm overwhelmed with a sense, not of doom, but of the goodness of God. How can that be possible? Well, that's what we're looking at this morning. How can we rejoice? in uncertain and difficult times. I have four points to bring to us. The first point is this, we can do that because we are connected to the invisible presence of God. Habakkuk referred to the close relationship that he enjoyed with God. He referred to God, he said, you're my God, my Holy One, my rock. Alan Gardner says, I'm overwhelmed with a sense of the goodness of God. And, you know, we infer goodness, don't we, from good things happening around us. Well, Alan, Alan didn't have that. Normal things that make you feel good had been taken away from him. Money, food, drink, a promising future, relationships, family and so on, all gone. Well, similarly, Habakkuk, no figs, grapes, olives, no sheep, no cattle, very little food. To top it all, an invasion from a terrible, ruthless enemy. But he, like Alan, was feeling goodness from an invisible source. He was connected 
to Almighty God by his Spirit. And you know what? This is the unique and distinctive feature of real Christianity. And that is that you and I can come into a relationship with God by his Spirit, which is tangible, it's felt, it's as real as any relationship you could ever have. In the Bible, it says in the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. Well, the Bible indicates this life of God flowing into our lives through different pictures. In Isaiah 12 and verse 3, the prophet says, with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Well, that's not real water there. That's the life of God flowing into you by his spirit. Jesus says in John 6 in the New Testament, he said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. Again, that's not real bread. It's the bread of God's presence coming in and giving us sustenance and life to our being. Can I ask you this in all seriousness this morning? Are you conscious of the life of God connecting you with his spirit? Does he live inside you? You know, if you're not sure about that, that's a critical thing to have and to know that you have. And if you're not sure about that, you probably haven't got it yet. Paul wrestled with some Christians in the province of Galatia. He writes to this newly formed church in Galatians chapter 4 and verse 19 in the New Testament. And he says this, he says, oh, my dear children, I feel as if I'm going through labour pains for you again. And they'll continue until I'm sure that Christ is fully in your life. So is Christ in you? The Bible says Christ in you, the hope of glory. Well, God wants you to know him and he to know you personally in your own life. It's the essence of what Christianity is all about. And I would love to tell you more about that. If you like, you can drop me a line at, the, uh, at our church office and I would be delighted to send you some literature about how you can know God personally in your own life. Better still, I could contact you or you could contact me and we could have a chat and I can explain more fully. So the first way that we can really rejoice in the Lord and in our circumstances is that we have a living and active connection with God. The second reason we can rejoice in times of uncertainty is by knowing that one day all wrongs will be put right by God. See, when troubles come our way, we can become bitter with the person or persons who we hold responsible for causing that trouble in the first place. And this can kill, well, it kills our joy and peace straight away. It could be something completely different. It could be a severe illness. And our reaction can be self-pity or we can blame God for allowing that to happen. Again, this kills our joy. But the message of Habakkuk is that one day all human injustices and all failures in the natural world will be dealt with, will be judged, will be put right and things will start to work as they should. There'll be no more death, says the Bible, in the future. No more disease, no more war, no more wrongdoing. Well, in Habakkuk's case, it was very real and in front of him, it was the wicked Babylonians. That was his immediate and most pressing concern. He, he says in verse 16, I will wait patiently for the day of calamity to come on that nation invading us. Well, 
did Habakkuk mean by that? Well, he was alluding to another biblical verse where it says, where God says, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. I will repay. Now, can I ask you this? Are you troubled or are you holding a grudge against someone who has done a dirty on you? The Bible says this. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And the way to peace and joy in your life is to forgive and release in your heart that person or persons who have wronged you in some way and leave the rest to God. So we can rejoice because, first of all, we're connected to the living presence of God by his spirit in our lives. Secondly, God will judge all wrong, correct all wrong and put things right. But thirdly, God enables us in the here and now to cope with what we're going through. In verse 19, Habakkuk says, he makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. Well, why was Habakkuk thinking of deer up mountains? Well, mountains are places where you can run to if you're being chased, aren't they? Or invaded. You can hide, you can see the enemy coming and the enemy doesn't like to pursue you up mountains. Well, mountain deer are experts at traversing that terrain and living successfully in an environment that for us would be not livable in. And Habakkuk could see that with God's help, that he would be able to do this. He would be able to cope. He would be able to not just survive, but even thrive in times of uncertainty and difficulty. He said, the sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like that of a deer. You know what? God will do this for you too. He'll enable you to survive and thrive in difficult terrain, in difficult times, in difficult, uncertain situations. Psalm 34 verse 19, a righteous person may have many troubles, but the Lord delivers him from them all. Can I ask, are you struggling with things happening, things happening around you right now and you feel you're losing your footing a bit? Well, look, may this truth help and encourage you today as you trust in the Lord and as you enable, well, as you trust him and he enables you to be able to stand on uncertain ground in uncertain times. And my last point is this, the future is bright. That's why also we can rejoice. We've got a great future to look forward to. Jonathan Edwards, a preacher at the time of the 18th century revival, he preached his first sermon and it was entitled Happiness and he had three points. His first point was this, our bad things that we experience in life will result in good outcomes. The second thing, the second point he had was our good things cannot be taken from us. Jesus' disciples came up to him one day and they were really excited because they prayed for people with demonic oppression, demonic spirits in them. And the spirits had obeyed them as they prayed in the name of Jesus. And they came excitedly to Jesus and told him this. And Jesus said, well, that's good. But don't worry so much about that. Rather rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Well, with the missionary Alan Gardner, he knew where he was going. 
He'd already, he was already connected to God. His future was already bright and he entered into that future in a glorious way. And this is the third point, that the best is yet to come. He's brought us in, has God, into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. So the story of Habakkuk is this. It begins with a problem. It ends up with peace. Habakkuk starts out with a sob and he ends up singing. He's able to rejoice, to thrive in times of uncertainty and difficulty. And so can you. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you enable us to rejoice in times of uncertainty. Thank you for the eternal connection that we have with you through your spirit with living within us. Thank you that you enable us not just survive, but to thrive in times of uncertainty and difficulty. And thank you that the best is yet to come. In Jesus name. Amen. And God bless you.